0: The following is recorded from Marine Creek Church, taken from the series Ecclesiastes, Finding Meaning in Life. If you have any questions, feel free to visit our website at www.marinecreekchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning. Welcome to the creek. Pastor Matt, this is your first time. Like Ryan said, if you'll fill out one of those guest cards, we'd love to get some information to you. Uh, don't do anything weird with that. But um, I'm glad to be back. I was on vacation. Heather and I got to go Uh, have some time by ourselves. It was good, and uh, it's good to be home back with our family. I want to thank Kevin for doing a great job last week. Now, I listened to the podcast, and Kevin said, thanks, Matt, for giving me a tough passage. What I told him when I got home is welcome to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ain't nothing easy about that, uh, but we are going to finish that up today. And so we've been, this is our 14th week today in the book of Ecclesiastes, and so if you've missed it along the way, all of the teachings are on our website. You can go back. There's actually when you go on our website, there's a link that you can download even the notes page uh, and uh, have the fill ins available for you. So um, we said we finish this up before we get into it. Though actually, I want to I want to pray for our our country, our world. Um, it just I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just feeling melancholy today because I watched the news. But uh, I just want to pray because there's a lot of volatility, a lot of stuff going on and. Man, I just I just had to turn it off and say, you know what, God, you're you're supreme. You're on the throne. Uh, we have a great ability to mess this thing up, but um, but you're God. So uh, let's pray because I know there's a lot of people hurting and a lot of situations full of tension. Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to gather freely in this room uh, to approach the truth of your Scripture and your Word. Father, we know that privilege in that. Ability does not exist everywhere on this planet. Father, we just pray for those this week that were uh, caught in the crossfire of violence and victims of uh, our brokenness being played out. Father, we just ask that you um, love us, that we can love others, and uh, we ask for your peace uh, to reign in our, our life Father, we trust you. Uh, We know that above all, you are on the throne, that you are God, you're the creator of all things, and we as your creation have an amazing way of (laughs) letting our brokenness come through. And so, Father, we ask for your forgiveness. We ask that we glorify you, and we ask that you give us wisdom in how we can further pray for our nation and our leaders. Father, we pray for those men and women in the military that are moving quickly today to regions of the world um, that are volatile. We pray for the families of those that have lost and just ask that we glorify you and that we can uh, truly honor you with our life. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. The book of Ecclesiastes is an interesting book. Remember, Solomon Uh, wrote this to people who are struggling to find meaning and purpose in life. It's really the struggle of humanity. We go through this tension in life where we're always looking for meaning. We're always looking for purpose. We're always looking for for what am I created for? What is this whole thing about? And Solomon is going to write in this, and he's going to give us some wisdom today, uh, advice to the young and the old, if you will. He, He puts in Scripture, he says, advice to the young, or if you have the NIV, it says, Uh, Remember uh, your creator while you're young. But this is really wisdom for all generations. And what you're going to find in this passage is that really we're all young. Um, You may not feel it this morning, but we are. And so uh, we'll point that out. But Solomon is going to get into this, and he's going to wrap it up with this wisdom and then bring us all into the conclusion of the experiment. Verse 7, here we go. Uh, "'Light is sweet, and it pleases the eyes to see the sun.' This is one of those rare moments with Solomon where he's like in a happy mood. Uh, he says, "Light is sweet and it pleases the eye to see the sun." These are those days that you wake up before the alarm. You know, you don't have to hit the snooze. You just wake up, and, and life is good. You know, you just the theme song for the day is already zippity doo dah. You know what I mean? Uh, your back doesn't hurt when you get out of bed. Parts of your body don't creak. If you're like me, both nostrils work, right? Uh, depending on what side I sleep on, is which side of my nose doesn't work that morning. But these are the days when it all comes together, right? It's just, it's those days where it's just like, this is good. And Solomon, you're like, this is Solomon writing this? But remember why we don't like Solomon, because he only gives us one verse of this. He's like, light is sweet. The days are good. There are good days. And then he gets into verse 8. However many years a man may live, let him enjoy all of them, but let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many. Everything to come is meaningless. So Solomon's like, hey, it's happy, but it's all going to be bad at some point. And you're like, thanks a lot, bud. That's why we don't like you, right? That's why we don't want to have you for dinner because you'll go, this is great, but you know what this is doing to your system? You know, it's like those people you sit down with and like, I just want to eat my hamburger and fries, okay? Guilt-free, you know? You know what that's doing to your body? I really don't care right now. But um, <laughs> anyway, he says, uh, however many years a man may live, let him enjoy all of them. But remember... Let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many. Everything to come is meaningless. What he's saying is that there are those days where the, the soundtrack to your life is not zippity doo da, that parts of your body will creak and rattle when you get out of bed. You may not even have one nostril open to be able to breathe when you get out of bed. But what he's saying is enjoy life, uh, drink life deeply, and while you are young, uh, pursue Jesus with everything you have. Um, He's going to get into this uh, in verse 9. He'll say, Be happy, young man, while you are young, and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. What he's saying is while you're young, enjoy life, okay? Enjoy life. But he gives this thing, be accountable for your heart. He says, Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see, but know that for all these things God will bring you into judgment. And so what he's saying is while you're young, Don't miss this opportunity. Don't miss this one life you've been given to enjoy life, to drink deeply of life, to celebrate the joys in life that, yes, there are sorrows in it, but don't miss this one life to pursue Jesus with everything you've got. Basically, what he's saying is don't miss out on what God has created in you and the life that he has given for you to live. Remember your creator while you're young. If, you, if He says, follow your heart. Now, this is, gets into some really dangerous uh, thinking, or I'll even say dangerous theology in our society. I think one of the worst lies that, that we can believe in is uh, a statement, just believe in yourself. Um, I think that's probably one of the darkest things that we could ever uh, get, us, get ourselves into if that's our theology because I know myself. God has shown me how broken and dark and twisted and messed up I am, and so I can't believe in myself. (laughs) I got nothing, all right? But he says, follow your heart. If you think back to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, he says that God set eternity in the hearts of men. So what that means is we're born into a broken system. Because of sin, death reigned. We are born broken. And then he set eternity in the heart of man. what he's saying is there's there's this something deep longing in our soul that longs to get back into harmony with god that that really at the deepest part, the deepest core of who we are there there's There's this piece of us that remembers what it's like to be in relationship and connection with our creator. And he says your heart is is set on eternity. It is driving you to that. And what Solomon is saying is follow that in your heart that God is drawing you in. He's wooing you in. And don't miss out. Don't ruin this one chance in life that you've got. You're alive. You've got hope. There's opportunity. Don't miss out on it. You know, it says, follow your heart. This is like doing your want-tos. I meet with people all the time, and um, very rarely do I find somebody that doesn't want to grow close to God. I mean, we, we have these want-tos uh, with our relationships. I will say, I really want to be closer to God. I want to live this life that God's created uh, for me. I want to be more obedient. I want to know more about what God's asking me to do. I want to, I want to, I want to, want to. And what he's saying is in this life you've got, don't miss out on those want-tos because eventually we'll look back and we'll say, I wish I would have. And he's saying, don't miss this opportunity. And then he goes on, verse 10. Uh, I'm going to have to just keep us skipping across the water today, folks. Uh, So then banish anxiety from your heart. Cast off the troubles of your body, for youth and vigor are meaningless. When he says uh, banish anxiety from your heart, he's saying deal with deal with your junk while you're young. I'll just translate it that way: deal with your junk while you're young, because when you get older, it's going to cost you more. I mean, think about the baggage that you've carried for years and years and years, and it's harder to deal with the longer we carry it. He says, get rid of that stuff. Now, a lot of you who are over 35, 40 in this room, you're probably gonna be like, amen, ha <laughs> yeah. I've learned that lesson very well. And those of you who are under, like he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, I do, trust me. But he, Solomon says, deal with your junk while you're young. And he says, cast off the troubles of your body for youth and vigor are meaningless. This probably rings more true with guys because back in the day, we were invincible, right? We have stories and probably scars uh, to show how invincible we really are. <laughs> you know, you get guys around the tables like, you remember that time? And, okay, it doesn't matter what age guys are, trust me. But it'll start out, you remember that time, and you'll reflect, you'll share the scars, and then you go, I bet you can't do that again. I bet you're wrong. You know, what are the famous last words? (laughs) Hold my beer and watch this, right? (laughs) That's a guy saying that, right? So (laughs) so he's saying, cast off the troubles for your body because there comes this point where the next day hurts more than you think it will. Um, Like today, it's football season. We may go out and play a little bit of catch, right? What's going to turn in, it's guys, all right? It's going to turn into a full-on game of football, right? We're all going to be the star quarterback or star receiver. And, guys, your body ain't what it used to be. You're not going to be able to make the diving catch, all right? Because tomorrow you're going to find out that there are parts of your shoulders and hips and knees that you never knew existed, right? You've been there. I'm, I'm dealing with that. You know, when I say something creaking when you get out of the bed, some of you are like, I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, you'll get there. Trust me. It's coming. It's coming for you, my friend. So, <laughs> and it is not fun. So, But this is being good stewards of your body. Be, be respecters of your body. Don't put it through all the things that you think it it can go through because it, it, as we get older, it's going to hurt more. Verse uh, Chapter 12, remember your creator in the days of your youth before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. What Solomon is going to uh, really deal with here is uh, he's pleading with us uh, to remember God, remember Solomon's an old man. This is written; he's writing this towards the end of his life, and so he's saying, "I've lived all this." And if you remember back in 1 Kings, he asked God. God asked him, "What do you want?" He said, "I want wisdom." And God said, "I will give it to you." So Solomon is the wisest man that lived other than Jesus, and he was the biggest man of his generation. So. We can take some advice here from Solomon. And he's saying, look, I'm old. Remember the God of your youth. I've lived it. I've been there. And what he's really saying is don't forget to follow and pursue Jesus with everything you've got. Because there will come a day where you won't want to. Your desire will change. And you will no longer have, have the desire to follow Jesus, to pursue him, or to pursue anything godly. And then what's really scary is Solomon says, there, there will come a day where you no longer want to be alive. And he kind of changes gears and goes into the aging process here. And uh, he gives some wisdom. I think this is probably uh, the most eloquent literary writing for the aging process, not just in Scripture but in literature. I'm going to read it all and we'll come back and dissect it. But what what Solomon is saying is our youth is going to fade and death is a reality for all of us. Remember, that's why we don't want to spend much time with Solomon because he's like, everything's good, but it's bad. So he goes into this. I'll start back at verse 1. Remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain, when the keepers of the house tremble and strong men stoop, when the grinders cease because they are few and those looking through the windows grow dim, when the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades, when men rise up at the sound of birds but all their songs grow faint, when men are afraid of heights and of dangers in the streets, when the almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags himself along and desire is no longer stirred. I think this is a beautiful description that Solomon gives of the aging process. Let me go back and explain it to you a little bit. Uh, When he says the sun and light and the moon and the stars grow dark, what he's referring to there is our reference to mental vitality. Uh, as we age, our our mental vitality starts to to wane a little bit. Our wit, our creativity, our memory starts to fade a little bit. Some of us, as we get older, we you know you forget where you put your car keys, you know, and you hang them on the same hook every every night, right? Um, it's like that point where you. Uh, can't remember things that are going on. You're taking a vitamin or an herb to help your memory, but you can't remember what the vitamin or herb is called, right? It's a, that it's vitality, that mental clarity that starts to fade. And when he says the clouds returning after the rain, he's, he's making a reference back to childhood here. He's talking about this, this sick cycle that starts to happen in life, that when you think about it, when you have an infant come into the world, uh, their Their whole existence really uh, centers around eating, sleeping, and going to the bathroom and He says that if you live long enough, you hit that same cycle where you are completely dependent on someone else to feed you, you are dependent on someone else to keep you clean you are and really your life just is centered around eating, sleeping, and going to the bathroom. And he says, that's the cycle. That's what's coming. What Solomon is trying to teach in this is while you have your mental clarity, while you have your vitality, while you have that vigor of youth, pursue Jesus with everything you've got and enjoy life deeply because there will come a day when all of that starts to fade. So let your creativity be alive in Christ. Let your energy be alive in Christ. And Solomon says, pursue him with everything you've got, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he gets into this aging of the body. The keepers of the house is the hands and arms, those things that allow you to keep house. They begin to tremble, so your dexterity begins to wane as you grow older. When he says that strong men stoop, this is a reference to the legs, the hips, the knees and the and the shoulders, that that as you age, you, you just kind of start to hunch over and the strength of your, your core really starts to fade. When he says the grinders, anybody want to take a guess at that? Teeth, your grinders, uh, when they start falling out, a lot of things change then, right? Let me go back here. When grinders cease because they are few and those looking through the windows grow dim, he's referencing eyesight, when the doors to the street are closed, there's a, there's a commentary about this, that when you lose your teeth, your mouth kind of closes weird. I remember when I was a kid, I would spend the night with my grandparents, and they would take their teeth out at night and put them in the jar. And I remember trying to talk my grandfather into taking out his teeth. Now, it's funny when you watch America's Funniest Home Videos, you know, they pop out when they're eating corn on the cob, stuff like that. But my grandfather would have his teeth out. And I'd be like, Peppa, will take out your teeth. And he'd take them out, and he'd turn around and go, la, la, la. I, 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 <laughs> see, my mind remembers weird things, but, but when you have no, your lips kind of fold over your gums weird. And what, that's what he's saying. He said, the, the, the doors to the street are shut. You ain't eating corn on the cob anymore, basically, all right? And so he says those are shut. The sound of grinding, that's your speech, that it starts to become hard to, to understand and, and to be understood. There's, you can't form your words quite right. That's the sound of grinding. Rise with the birds. I know I'll step on toes here. It's when you have trouble sleeping. You wake up earlier than you want. That's not the zippity-doo-dah wake-up-early day, you know? That's like I woke up at 3 o'clock and had trouble going back to sleep. He says you rise with the birds. doesn't matter how much melatonin you take, how much Tylenol PM or Advil PM, whatever PM you take or the the one that makes you get up in the middle of the night and cook. What's that one? (laughs) Ambien. Um, It doesn't matter. (laughs) That's just what I heard, right? (laughs) you will have trouble sleeping. And then the frustrating part about that is that their songs, the birds' songs grow faint. Your hearing starts to fail. And then he says that men will be afraid of heights and the dangers in the street. This is really that fear gripping... Uh, As we get older that we don't want to leave our house fear shuts us in Uh, It's kind of like kind of like this thought that life seems to be moving faster and faster and faster and faster Especially when you look at technology I mean, I I think uh, Back to my great aunt died when she was 101 100 or 101 and in her lifetime uh, the transitions to electricity telephones TV, color TV, or some buggy to car, to airplane, to putting a man on the moon. Think about it. To, to really, the, the technology that she experienced in her span of life, you and I see technology double faster than she did in her entire lifetime within the matter of years. And we feel like life starts to move faster and faster and faster and it begins to scare us. I mean, I'm already worried about the iPhone 5. I haven't figured out the 4 yet. I I can't even begin to figure out the 4. I gave up on the 3 when my upgrade happened to the 4. I'm already scared of that one, you know, but it's a 5. I don't care. I don't want it. I'm scared. You know, that's what he's talking about, this fear that shuts us in. And then he says the almond tree blossoms. This is a reference to hair or lack of hair. When an almond tree blossoms, it turns white, (laughs) and then the wind blows the blossoms away. Uh, I was reminded that my hair is not as thick as it used to be when we were on vacation. About the second day, I was really diligent about putting on sunblock. But the second day, I got in the shower and the hot water hit the top of my head and I was screaming in the shower. I was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? My head's burned. I mean, she looked, my scalp was bright red. I was like, oh, Lord, please let me have my hair back. Come on. What have I done? You know, I repent, you know. But it's it's that hair turning gray. I'm dealing with more of it on the sides. But, you know, you may not have hair on the top, but you've got other hair that's going to turn gray. The ear hair turns gray. You can trim it, you whatever, but it's going to turn gray. You know, it gives new definition, guys, to silverback, right? Um, I'm going to keep going before I get in trouble here. Um, the grasshopper is dragging himself along. This is our mobility. It, not only are we hunched over, but we can't move. Movement gets very difficult without... The help of someone else. And then uh, here's the sad one. Desire is no longer stirred. There will be a day that you will not desire sex, which I I think is funny that Solomon put this last. Solomon loved women. I mean, Solomon had had an appetite for sex greater than, well, probably just equal to all men on earth, but he could fulfill it, right? Um, And he says, there comes a day that you won't even desire sex, When I'm in premarital counseling with guys, I tell them, okay, at puberty, your sex drive starts, and it just skyrockets, and then it goes along along, and then at one point it goes, and that's when you die. But apparently, according to Solomon's theology, uh, there's maybe that split second before you die that your sex goes, you know, so I, I don't understand the timing in that, but Solomon says there's a day you will no longer desire it. But if you think about it, think about what Solomon just described. A hunched over guy with no hair, no teeth, can't hear, can't see, and he's dragging himself along. Of course he doesn't want sex. It's the last thing on his mind, right? So I am better go on. <laughs> I got the look. <laughs> see, Kevin, it's not that hard to teach about sex. I'm moving on. Okay. (laughs) And then he says, am I blushing? Then the man goes to his eternal home and mourners go about the street. So all of this aging and then you die. And then your friends go and they mourn you and then begin to move about their business. So Solomon tells us that that's what's in store for us. Uh, should we live that long? But the reality is, many will not live long enough to see the body go through that change, and so Solomon wants to include all of us into in the fun, I guess. And he says, "Remember before the silver cord is severed." That's a reference to spinal column. Or the golden bowl is broken. That's a reference to your head. Before the pitcher is shattered at the spring. That's a reference to your heart. Or the well broke. Or the wheel broken at the well. That's your circulatory system. And the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Uh, What he's saying is you may not live long enough. Uh, The reality is is many of us may not live long enough uh, for our body to go through that process that that he so eloquently described, but it may be a spinal cord snap. It might be uh, our head stops, our, our, you know, whatever, sudden stoppage of life. And what he's saying is, remember, God, while you're young. Don't miss the opportunity. Uh, what's echoing in the back of my head is the old-style old, old style preacher, you know, during the, the revival going, my friend, you could walk out of here and a bus could hit you. I, I think about Solomon. That's probably where they came up with that theology, right? Um, that Solomon said, look, remember God in your youth. You've got this opportunity because eventually from dust you came. You will return to dust. And then here's the interesting thing in this, in this world where we want to own our stuff. You know, we want our stuff to be ours, and we think it's ours. You know, we learned one of the first words we learned as a baby is mine. The interesting thing about your soul, about my soul, is that God owns it. He has lent it to us for this life, and at the end of that, he will call it back. And it's not ours. And so Solomon says, don't miss this Reality to chase God in your youth. You see, I said we were all young. None of y'all are dragging yourselves around like grasshoppers. So we're young, so we need to take this advice. And then he changes it up. He's going to finish this out when he says everything is meaningless. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless. Not only was the teacher wise, but also he imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like goads. Uh, The words of the wise prod us along. The goads move us along, and then he says that they are... um, they are sayings like firmly embedded nails. So you think about the words of the wise, they help move us along, and then they secure us safely to the truth given by one shepherd. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them, of making many books there is no end, and much study wearies the body. Let me let me point out what he said there um, in verse nine. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. Let me go back even further. Not only was a teacher wise, but he also imparted knowledge to the people. You see, we have a responsibility to bridge generational gaps. Um, The one thing that I love about the creek is our diversity. We prayed when we launched the church, God, give us a diverse body. And one of those elements of diversity was generational because I really believe there's value in the older generation pouring into the younger generation. And Solomon says, we have a responsibility for this. He said, this is, this is part of wisdom. H- here's what I've learned. When Solomon says that of many books, you can read all you want, but there's no teacher like life, right? You can read about how to handle situations. You can read all the parenting books you want, but when you get in the trenches with your kids, that book, it's going to mean nothing, Right? You might have some ideas to help you, but you get in there and go, "We had that. that, How they published that book, right?" It's ain't making sense to me. But think about this: think about twenty and thirty year olds, and if you're in this, you know, I love you. But think about twenty and thirty year olds who have young kids, and you're just in that building of life. Um, You're married. You got kids, young kids. And, and you're trying to grow them up. You're managing debt, finances, and you're like, oh, we got to have an intimate marriage relationship. Yeah, how's that work? Uh, good luck with that with a preschooler, right? Um, and so you you basically kind of move through the day and end up at night in the fetal position in bed, going, I think I made it through another day, right? i 'm only saying this because i 've been there. Heather and I would get we would look at each other and go i don 't think we 're going to make it through eighteen years honey I mean i mean that 's just if our kids go to college man i don 't think we 're going to make it and it, there were times where you know you just got you got to deal with the kids because i I just got to I need a break man i got to go suck my thumb and rock in the corner right <laughs> and so Heather would come in and say it 's my turn you know and so uh, you know what that 's like i mean you 're struggling you're it 's hard. And you feel like, man, is there any end to this cycle? Where does it go? Those of you who haven't had kids, you're like, forget that, man. I ain't having kids. And No, you will. You'll forget all about this, right? Because we were all young and dumb at one point, right? Let's have kids. Okay. <laughs> you know, and what do we do? You know, you end up like, why did I ever leave college? Why did I leave mom and dad's house, you know? And so that's the life right now, and it's overwhelming. And then uh, think about the... Fifty and sixty-year-olds in our church community that actually look back and go, "Yeah, I remember what it's like to end every night in the fetal position. I'm glad we survived that." You know, or you you watch the the, the parents dragging the kids into church, you know, and you're just like, "I remember those days." You know, "Whew, I'm so glad." Or, or teenagers, I'm glad I survived that one, right? And and so what you have here is one group remembering the struggle and the other group living it out. And what Solomon says is we have a responsibility to bridge that gap. We have a, Titus actually commands it. The book of Titus says, older men, seek out younger men so that you can impart this to them. And the command of the younger men is receive it. Now it needs to be godly men. I know a lot of people who have maturity of years, but they don't need to be mentoring spiritually anyone. They need to be mentored themselves. The command is for godly men to pour into godly young men. And ladies, it's for you too. He says, women, seek out younger women to, to mentor. There's a value in this. Um, and I know a lot of us tend to think, well, I don't, I don't, they scare me, right? Think about when you were in high school. Some of you really remember back, but some of you maybe in high school now are just beyond it. But remember when you were in high school, you'd see like a seventh or eighth grader, and you'd be like, punk, you know, <laughs> you kid, you don't know what's going on. You don't know what life is all about. Where do you get a 10th grade? You know, Where do you become a senior? And then you get into college and you look at high schoolers and go, Psh, punk, you got no clue. You get out of college and you look at kids in college, you're like, punk, you got life easy, man. All you got to do is stay in a dorm, eat ramen noodles and go to class once a week. You're a punk. Then you get married and you look at your single friends, punks. (laughs) Maybe for a little while. Then you have kids and you look at your friends who don't have kids, punks. It just goes on, right? You turn 30, every 20-year-old's a punk. You turn 40, every 30-year-old's a punk. You turn 60, every 50-year-old's a punk. But here's the thing, you never get to the end of the cycle because somewhere behind all of us is a 90-year-old going, you're a punk, get off my lawn. So, but that's, that's the way it works, you know, but we have a responsibility to pour into the next generation and bridge that gap. I mean, one of the scariest things I can think of in a community group, and we, we structure our community groups here uh, to be able to, to uh, provide that diversity. Because the scariest thing I can imagine is a group of newlyweds in their first year of a marriage trying to coach other first-year newlyweds through that life. Oh, I know it's just so hard. You know, you need some wisdom in there. Going, hey, hey, wait. I mean, I'll just share with you. Heather and I were going through some challenges in our family, and you know, we didn't, I don't, know, we didn't we didn't want to share them with our group. And finally, we just got to that point. Like, you know, we're, we just need our group praying. For us, and so we share in our group some of our challenges, and and our group had this diversity. We had those that had been married for forty five years, and some that had been married for four years, and and some with small kids, and some whose kids have already grown um, and have families of their own. And uh, I remember Heather and I sharing what was going on and just asking for prayer. And the most comforting words came from another couple across the, the room. They leaned over and they said. Me too. We went through that same thing with our kids. I can't tell you how much that helped. They couldn't answer every question we had. They couldn't tell me how to fix the situation in my family. But it was comforting to know that someone else had been down this road and they made it. And they survived. There's value in the older generation teaching the younger generation. It's absolutely commanded and then Solomon finishes this up. Verse 13, he says, Now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. So Solomon says, This whole experiment was to see if I could find meaning and purpose and significance in anything under the sun. And so you want to know if, if, if sex is the fulfillment of man. I had 700 wives and 300 girlfriends. And I've, I've been to that extreme. You want to know if partying is the fulfillment of man. I threw epic parties that blow everything you can imagine away. You want to think that building your own empire and creating significance and leaving your mark in the world. I, I was the wealthiest man of my generation. If you think comfort is the fulfillment and the, the pinnacle of manhood, now I had people waiting on every whim. I lived the ultimate life of comfort. And he says, it didn't fulfill me. So you want to know what fulfills me? Here's the end of the the experiment and the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. That's just kind of scary to me that even the secret things in my life will be brought out. Before God. If you think about it. There is no secret with God. He already knows. And what Solomon is saying. Is through this experiment. um, How to find meaning. And fulfillment in life. uh, That whole thing. Of what was I created for. Or to bring it to how we currently. Choose to word this. I just don't know what God's will. For my life is. Or I don't know what my purpose is. Or why I'm here. Solomon tells us the wholeness and the fulfillment and the duty of humanity is to fear God and keep His commandments. Now, that fear is not to be afraid of Him and cowering like He wants to beat you. It's a healthy, holy, reverent, a respect for God as creator and sustainer of life. It's to have a relationship with Him as Father. I read one commentator this week that said if you fear God you don't have to fear anything else in life but if you don't fear God you will fear everything else in life it's a healthy respect it's a relationship with him as father as savior and then he says keep his commandments this is important how do we know what God wants us to do we get to know his character we spend time in his word we ask him, God, how will you have me handle this situation? And let the scripture wash your life so that you begin to act as our father and reflect his character. So Solomon says the only meaning in life comes when we look beyond the sun. They say and Pursue Jesus, we can get caught up into trying to find everything. And, and honestly, this this is thousands of years old. And we still find ourselves in looking at everything around us to fulfill us. And Solomon says, listen to me, punk kid. Look up. Look beyond the sun. Find your fulfillment in Christ and in Christ alone. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for the wisdom that comes from you that you gave Solomon. And we thank you that that wisdom is recorded in your living word. Thank you that this wisdom has teaching and truth for us today uh, to not just get us through a day, but to absolutely transform our life and our existence and our being and our eternity and our hope. And so, Father, we thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for the words of Solomon. We thank you for our youth, regardless of where we are uh, in our aging process. Father, we thank you that you have given us today. You've given us life. You've given us breath, that your mercy and your joy were new this morning when we arose. It was waiting for us. So, Father, I just ask that you help us in these words of Solomon and the wisdom that you give, that you just uh, move us through your Holy Spirit to be able to live life looking above the sun. And Father, help us then to put our arms around the next generation or or someone that, that we can help along. And I pray that we never become too prideful or feel like we're at a level of maturity that we don't need someone leading us. Father, I ask that you help us all to uh, seek out someone to pour into us and then open up the relationship for us to pour into someone else. Father, I pray that our community groups at the creek would be places where godly men and women will put their arms around the next generation and impart that wisdom. So, Father, we thank you, we love you, and we just pray that uh, you help us to acknowledge you and live life pursuing you with this one life we've been given. And may you fulfill our soul, because we know one day you will call it home. Father, be with us. Be with us in the days that are, that are the good, where the light is pleasing. And be with us in the days of darkness. We thank you and we love you. And we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Marine Creek Church is located in Fort Worth, Texas. If you have any questions, feel free to visit our website at www.marinecreekchurch.com. Thank you.